Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the Book of Romans with part one of this message entitled, The Nature of Saving Faith. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 4. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we pray today to grant us saving faith, the same faith you granted to Abraham. By faith we are united to Jesus Christ, who will never sever us, divorce us. Nothing, nothing, nothing in all creation is able to separate us from God's love, revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The nature of saving faith. Our faith in God is identical to the faith by which Abraham believed God and was justified. Atheists like Richard Dawkins, atheists are of the opinion that belief in the Holy Scriptures is dangerously irrational. But a comprehensive new study released by Baylor University last week shows atheists are more superstitious and irrational than Bible-believing Christians, and that true Christian belief is antithetical to pseudoscience, occultism, superstition, paranormal phenomena, and irrationalism. This new study confirms what G.K. Chesterton said. All atheists, secularists, and rationalists are susceptible to superstition. It is the first effect of not believing in God that you lose your common sense and can't see things as they are. It is most rational to believe the infinite personal God of the scriptures who created the universe out of nothing. And it is utter irrationalism to believe universe having evolved by itself out of nothing. Abraham believed the God of glory, and it was credited to him unto righteousness. If Abraham was justified by faith alone, and is the father of all believers, we want to look at this question, what is the nature of this saving faith? Our faith in God should be identical to the faith of Abraham. We know from the scriptures that saving faith is not, as Martin Lloyd-Jones says, saving faith. Faith is not based on mathematical probability. It is, in other words, not natural faith. 
It is spirit-created supernatural faith that believes in the word of God. That believes in what is humanly impossible. But possible to the infinite personal God. We want to consider several aspects of this saving faith. First, saving faith goes against naturalism. Against human hope. Abraham believed against hope, we are told. Verse 18. True faith drives out unbelief. As light drives out darkness. True faith acts in defiance of all human expectations and calculations. Saving faith is against naturalism. It is against human abilities and disabilities. When devil says no, when our body with the full of cancers says no, when our spouse says no, our children says no, neighbor says no, boss says no, our professor says no, saving faith cries out yes by the power of God. Saving faith cries out to God and his promises. Yes. True faith goes beyond fallen human reason. And fallen common sense. Fallen human reason does not take into account omnipotent and holy God. The people of this world are described by St. Paul in Ephesians without God and without hope. If you are an, an atheist, then you are hopeless. Remember the story of Elisha's servant in 2 Kings 6. He was afraid of all the horses and chariots of the Arameans surrounding Elisha and the servant. But Elisha was not afraid. He said to his servant, don't be afraid. Then he prayed for him. Elisha said, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. The Lord opened the eyes of the servant. Then he saw horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. God was with Elisha and his servant. God is around his church and his people. When naturalism goes in one direction, supernaturalism goes in the opposite direction. When naturalism says no, supernaturalism says yes. Friends, it is Saving faith is not a leap in the dark. 
It is a leap from the evidence of our senses into the security of God's ability to perform his promises. Abraham believed God can produce nations through him, though it was humanly impossible for him to father even one child. Also, it was impossible for Sarah to conceive and bear even one child. Remember Lazarus, he was dead. It is the fourth day. And Martha said, behold, he stinks. In other words, it is humanly impossible to raise him up. Then Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God. Jesus Christ is God. He is resurrection and life. So we hope against hope, against all human hope, against naturalism. Because what God has promised, he is able to do. He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. The object of our faith is God and his promises. The object of our faith is not myself and my weaknesses. Faith rests totally in God's promises. Hope expects fulfillment of God's promises. So we read Abraham against hope believed on the basis of hope in God to fulfill his promises. Friends, faith, saving faith, looks away from ourselves, away from our circumstances. Faith fixes its eyes on God alone. Certainly doubts assailed him like fiery darts. Yet he sprang back to faith and hope. Unbelief was not his permanent condition. Faith and hope were. So we are told that he did not waver through unbelief. He steadily moved toward in faith and hope to see God fulfill his promises. Second, saving faith believes God's promise. Verse 18. The word promise appears several times in this chapter. Verse 13, 14, 16, 20, and the verb appears in verse 21. The promise was made to him. We read about it, Genesis 15, Genesis 17. And what was the promise? That he was going to be the father of many nations. And Sarah was going to be the mother of many nations. In other words, Abraham is going to have descendants like stars of the sky and like the sand on the seashore, countless number of descendants. 
many nations are to come from him. That is, the people of God who believe in God are to come from Abraham, Jews and Gentiles. Not only that, the Savior Messiah is to come from him who would save Abraham and all God's people from their sins. Jesus himself said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and he was glad. Abraham and all God's people are to become the heir of the world in and through the Messiah. That's a promise. Abraham saw God. Abraham heard his promises. Abraham believed his promises when he had not even one son. But we do not see the God of glory who appeared to Abraham. What do we do? We believe in God's written word in the Bible. It is the very word of God. It is full of power. It is inerrant. It is infallible. Paul says in Romans 15 and verse 4, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, these things happen to them as examples and written down as warnings for us. On whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. God's promises, God fulfills. Turn with me to Joshua, chapter 21, and verse 45. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Joshua 23, verse 14 and following. Now I am about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. And St. Paul tells us the same thing. And we recently read in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. God promises and God fulfills because God is mighty and God is reliable. Friends, we have greater historical reason to believe God's promises because Abraham became father of many nations. Messiah came as Abraham's offspring. He died and rose again. He is the savior of the world. And Abraham's true descendants exist as a vast multitude, Jews and Gentiles, who believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
Then look at Paul's argument. From the greater to the lesser, Romans 5 and verse 9. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through life? Romans 8 and verse 32, same argument. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Past fulfillment of God's promises. That is God's past faithfulness to us guarantees our future complete salvation. So let us believe the word of God's promise. The bare word. The naked word. The big promises. The humanly impossible promises which only God can make and God only can fulfill. The Bible tells you, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and your household. That's what it says. God's word. Believe him. And you will be saved. And believe him today. Believe him now. God is speaking. Naaman the Gentile general was a leper. And he came to Samaria to Elisha the prophet. And he directed him to go to the river Jordan and dip himself seven times. And he would be healed. He was angry. He was about to go home. But God gave him repentance. He finally did go to Jordan. And he dipped himself seven times. He came out totally healed, saved. Power of God's promise. Believe and be saved. So friends... The Bible is full of God's good and precious promises. Every day believe them. And act upon them. And you'll be saved and you'll be blessed. Number three. Saving faith. Believes in God. God who raises the dead and calls into existence things that are not existing. And verse 21, God, who is dunatos, mighty, mighty, supernaturally mighty to fulfill his promises. Who is this God Abraham believed? It was not an idol of his own former pagan life. It was the God of glory who appeared to him. The living and true God, eternal God infinite personal God, a righteous God, an omnipotent God, an omniscient God, an independent God, an omnipresent God, an unchanging God, a God who cannot lie, a God who cannot die, a majestic God, transcendent God, yet an ever-present God, God who is truth. 
7. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 17. Oh, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. And then he says, nothing is too hard for you. That's what the Lord said to Abraham in Genesis 18 and verse 14. Don't you believe me, Abraham? Don't you believe me, Sarah? Listen, nothing is too hard for me. The God who raises the dead. The body of Abraham was sexually dead. So was also the body of Sarah. She could never conceive or bear children. She was 90 years old. Abraham fathered Ishmael at 86, but at 99 he was impotent, incapable of begetting the son of promise. Abraham was dead. Sarah was dead. But no problem for God. In fact, God waited until they both were dead to demonstrate to them God's great power. God alone raises the dead. So Abraham and Sarah experienced resurrection in their bodies. And Isaac the son of promise was conceived and was born. Friends, God raises the dead and calls into being things that do not exist. God called into existence Isaac who did not exist before and God called into existence a vast multitude of believers who did not exist before and God called into existence you and me that we did not exist before by the power of God sir who raises the dead and calls into existence things that do not exist this is rational faith what kind of God we believe in the true and living God. God who creates out of nothing. And God who conquers death by life. God who is do not toss. Powerful to fulfill his big and humanly impossible promises. Man lies. Man dies. Man, man changes his mind. Man's circumstances change. And so Jeremiah tells us, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength. Behind all promises lies the character of the person who makes them. People have lied to me in my life. They promised, but they were lies. But look at the character of God. He is reliable and he is able. Our God can be trusted. Matthew 19, 26 says all things are possible with God. Luke 18, verse 27 tells us what is impossible with men is possible with the God. As I said, the Lord said to Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year. And Sarah will have a son. And she did have a son. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 
chapter 9 and verse 8. Listen to this. And God is able. That's all you need to know. God is able. Do not toss. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11. By faith Abraham even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And verse 19, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Friends, saints of God, do not look at yourselves and your cancer and your blood pressure and your poverty and your misery and your children's rebellion. Do not look at your circumstances. Look to God alone. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Look at Peter in Matthew 14. There was a great storm and Jesus this time was not in the boat. But he's walking on the waves. And Peter recognizes him. And he was fascinated that one person in the entire history of the universe was walking on waves. And he said, I would like to do this too. Can I? Can I do this? And he said, come on. And he started walking on water. And then there came the wave and he looked away from Jesus and he began to sink. But God saved him. Look away from our own problems. Look to Jesus and walk on water, walk on the waves of our problems through Jesus Christ. Meditate also on God's past faithfulness to you. God appeared to Abraham in Mesopotamia. He brought him to Canaan. He defended him from every enemy. He protected him in Egypt. He blessed him with great wealth. He defended him when he went to war against four powerful kings. He appeared to encourage him several times. What do we conclude? God who helped us in the past will help us in the present and will help us in the future. God, friends, is called in the Bible faithful and true. Trust not in yourself. Trust not in men. Trust not in princes. Trust not in the God of this world. Trust not in silver and gold, but trust in God. Listen to the great Saint Arthur W. Pink. Listen to this carefully, friends. Everything about God is great, vast, incomparable he never forgets never fails never falters never forfeits his word to every declaration of promise or prophecy the Lord has exactly adhered every engagement or covenant or threatening he will make good God is not a man 
that he should lie, neither a son of man, that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken, and shall he not make good? Listen to Deuteronomy 7 and verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God. Keeping his covenant of love for a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his covenant. And St. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 13. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful for he cannot disown himself. It is his nature to be faithful. Friends, you can trust in him. If you are outside of Christ, it is because of unbelief. It is the greatest insult you can give it to God is not to believe him. It is the greatest dishonor you can give it to God when you don't believe him and his promises. That's why you believe in pseudoscience, in occultism, in cults, in paranormal phenomena, and everything else. When you don't believe God, you have to believe in everything else. And everything else will scare you. The antidote to all fear and misery and anxiety and confusion and complaining is to trust in this true and living God. Abraham trusted him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to believe in you with supernatural faith. Faith that believes in the impossible. Things impossible for man. But all things are possible for God. Lord, help us to have you as the object of our faith. I was hopeless. I am full of hope now because I have put my trust in God and his son Jesus Christ who died and rose again. Amen and amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, a part one of this message entitled The Nature of Saving Faith. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthews.